Hearts of Faith with Nae Lupondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. At exactly five minutes, just turned six minutes after seven here on SFM. Thank you very much, Midupi Mahalimela. He returns in about an hour's time. Hey, let's be exact. 54 minutes time to update the news. Thank you, sir. We continue today on a trend that has been bandying the country up and about about this issue of the LGBTIQ and all the other words that you want to add there. That community seems to be tossed back and forth, back and forth, in and out. It seems as though there is no rest for this community. And we're going to try and find and understand why. This is concerning the issue of their marriage right or their right to be wedded and wedded by whomsoever they choose. Whatever community or religious community they choose. But then again, it would appear as though this desire is not reciprocated by uh, the communities themselves. For example, the question we're trying to get answered for tonight is can the rights of the LGBTIQ community be protected without infringing on those of the believers, those that believe that their religious beliefs may not support same-sex marriage? Granted, we live in a very pluralistic, faith-pluralistic community, but it seems as though the plurality is somewhat in conflict with itself. How do we address the issue of people who have a right to be wedded and those who have a right to refuse to wed those who have a right to be wedded? It sounds like a very cheap tongue twister, but here it is. We're talking about it tonight. This conversation is inspired by the South African farm that refused to host same-sex weddings and then subsequently stopped hosting all marriages. We don't know what's going on there, but we're going to try and find out. Remember, as a radio broadcaster, we don't have the right to take positions against or for until we openly state that. Up until we openly state that our position is out and through and through on this side, we are supposed to be asking the questions. And please help me as I ask those questions. Some of them will be very uncomfortable, but they're important for us to ask. Can the rights of the LGBTI community be protected as enshrined in the Constitution? The Constitution protects the rights of these communities, but it would appear as though these rights are simply in conflict with other people and their rights. What do we do as a country that wants to satisfy and make everybody happy? What do we do? Well, that's our question for tonight. My name is Nayelu Pondora. This is Facts of Faith. You're listening. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. 
back and let me introduce you to our guests in no particular order. We do have Pastor Michael Swain, an ordained pastor of Every Nation Minister and Executive Director of the Freedom of Religion of South Africa, 4SA as they abbreviate it. He'll be focusing tonight on the legal aspect of Section 6 of the Civil Unions Act, which previously allowed state marriage officers to refuse to marry same-sex couples. We don't know what the situation is. He'll enlighten us. Pastor Swain, good evening to you. Welcome. Thank you very much for going to talk to us. Good afternoon, Maya. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you very much, Reverend Lori Gorm. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Gorm? Yeah. Pas- uh, Reverend Lori Gorm is from the NPO Gender Works. Reverend, good evening to you. Welcome. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good oh. to be here, Maya. Thank you very much, Reverend. Also, pastor and advocate to Muafriga Maila, spokesperson of the pastors against church closure. My goodness, remember him? We spoke to him about just that as the pastors against church closure and an activist African Christian United movement. My goodness. Pastor, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Welcome. Uh, good evening to you and all the listeners. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Let's just, just get into it because it would appear as though the situation is getting more confusing with the passage of time. I'm going to ask first and foremost, Pastor Swain, to put us in the light here. What exactly is going on here? Just give us the outline, Pastor. Well, as you may or may not be aware, um, some three years ago, the Boss venue, which is a venue that hosts weddings, was approached by a same-sex couple, and they asked them if they would uh, help them to host and obviously celebrate their wedding. Uh, Boss is owned by uh, a lovely Christian couple, Corey and Andres Davidius, and as an integral part of their sincerely held beliefs, they're obviously Christians, and they believe that marriage is indeed between one man and one woman. And very specifically, it is a central tenet of their faith because uh, they believe that the Bible also teaches that it's symbolic of the relationship between Christ and his church, where Christ is described as the groom and the church as his bride. And their relationship with God is obviously uh, something which directs everything that they do and is a central part of their dignity, if you like, their human dignity, as it is for many people of faith. And so they very politely explained to the couple that they were unable to help them to celebrate this particular event. They did not, and I think it's most important to point out specifically, they did not in any way deny that they have a right to be married under South African law, that you can live how you want to live, that you can love who you want to love. They simply said that they did not believe that they were uh, or should be forced to celebrate uh, and therefore, in in that sense, going against their human dignity and their human rights, which is also obviously protected under the Constitution, freedom of religion, conscience, belief, thought, and opinion, that they should not be forced to do something which went against their sincerely held beliefs and convictions. And the consequence of that was twofold. Uh, The South African Human Rights Commission, which is an institution of state that is designed to uh, and and tasked to uphold uh, human rights, granted by the Constitution, they took out a lawsuit uh, on behalf of one same-sex couple, that's just another same-sex couple, uh, and then the same-sex couple that I've just mentioned, they took out their own lawsuit against Boloftobos. So they're now faced two lawsuits, one of which, of course, is, uh, we believe very unfairly, funded by the state in the form of the South African Human Rights Commission. And I think also significantly uh, what is 
included in this is a punitive element, which is in the form of a two million rand donation that the same-sex couple want to be made to an LGBT uh, organization of their choosing. And, of course, that puts a, a terrible conundrum in place because here you have two human rights that are in conflict with one another. Uh, the, the one is the right of the same-sex couple not to be unfairly discriminated against or, uh, on the basis of their sexual orientation. And the other, uh, on the owners of uh, the beloved bus venue, who also have a right not to be discriminated against or certainly not punished uh, for their own uh, sincerely held beliefs and convictions guaranteed by the Constitution. And so that, in a nutshell, is the conundrum that is currently in play. It shouldn't be a conundrum, though, if we have the rule of law. Surely there are things like the right of admission. Do, do they have that limitation to say the right of admission reserved? What does that mean even? What they're basically saying is, is that they should, they believe, not be forced to perform some work function, particularly that goes against their sincerely held beliefs. So, for example, on their farm, uh, which is basically where this venue is located, they would not permit, for instance, uh, a Halloween party. They wouldn't want to uh, be obliged to put their organizational skills and, and, and capacities into hosting a Halloween party. They won't have a trance party, for example, one of these it's a dance parties. So they say that they should not be forced to... It's not that they don't welcome everybody, and that's a very important thing. They welcome everybody on their venue. They welcome people of whatever race, color, creed, sexual orientation, you name it. They've had many venues, uh, many events on their venue where all are welcome and all are welcome. Except for the what same sex couples. No, what, what, what their issue is is they should not be forced to celebrate uh, a same-sex wedding because that is, in their view something which goes directly against their personal beliefs and convictions. Help me understand there, Pastor Swain. I thought they were just requested to open their venue for those who wanted to celebrate to celebrate, not necessarily for them to celebrate. Hardly ever do I find uh, venue owners coming to my party if I've rented their venue. Surely they can open the doors and leave me with the key and then come back when I'm done and pick up the check. that, That is the point. That's not how it works. Uh, they actually have their entire staff. They themselves are personally involved in all the aspects of it. They literally almost design the wedding, if you like. It's like a designer wedding. Um, and therefore, they would be integrally involved in it. It's not just like you're renting some city hall somewhere yeah. and you just move in and grab it and set up your tables and do your thing and leave. This is something which is uh, personally involves them in this a particular activity. And that's where the complication lies. Were it just a simple venue, I would agree with you wholeheartedly 100%. But that is not the case. So what does this mean, Pastor Swin? Does this mean then, therefore, hotel owners can refuse to accommodate same-sex couples for their honeymoon? Those who are driving limos can refuse to accommodate same-sex couples? Quite frankly, any person who has a private institution that they... Uh, claim is open to the public can refuse to accommodate same-sex couples. Does, can, can we stretch it that far? No, because you're talking there about a general bigotry, which is obviously unconstitutional and unacceptable. This is a case where, as I said, they have welcomed people of all sexual orientations, uh, all races, all colours, all creeds, uh, onto their venue. And they have helped to celebrate many different types of events. Does that, does, that, does that all include the same-sex couples, Pastor Swain? Well, of course. If, if, if people 
come and they are same-sex couples, they're more than welcome. But when it comes to actually celebrating, you see, I think it's important on, on this particular program because we're talking about faith here, to understand that faith is a very deeply held conviction that guides and directs how people live their lives. We, we understand do. that much. That's why we have the show, Pastor Sue. And what I'm trying to understand now is you saying they welcome all and then there's an exception in this case. Kindly clarify the all and this particular exception. The exception is to host and facilitate the celebration of a same-sex marriage because their belief and conviction is that marriage is between a man and a woman. Okay. A so they don't accept all. They don't accept all events. That's the point. Okay. This so that statement that says they, they accept all orientations is not accurate. A, a, a wedding event is literally that. It is an event. It is a, a celebration of an event. It is not discriminating against the couple. Okay. So, so let, 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 me give you, let me give you a corollary. Let's supposing that you have a, a venue that's owned by uh, an LGBT activist uh, group, and along comes a Christian organization, and they want to have a celebration of what is known as a conversion therapy, where they're celebrating, you know, some of you once were, but some people who have been living in a home, homosexual lifestyle no longer want to do so, and perhaps they no longer do so. And they want to celebrate that, and they want to celebrate, and they want to have the scriptures, and they want them to promote it and put it on their website. And uh, that, that uh, LGBT activist might be very offended by this, and he might say, well, I'm not prepared to celebrate or allow them to come to my venue. They can go to another venue. But if, if this case were to go against the lost of us, they would equally not have that liberty to decide whether they would or would not host such an event. Okay. In other words, if, if, they, if they lose, then you can be forced to do anything. Anyone can be forced to do anything, regardless of whether or not it violates their conscience and beliefs. And that's why we said from the beginning, this is an issue about freedom. Okay. It's a freedom issue. All right. Got it. Got it. Thank you very much, Pastor Swing. Hold the line. I'm going to take a break and come back and bring in the other guests here. It seems as though the plot is thickening, and I'm sure we'll unthicken it. We'll try and loosen it up with the product. Facts of Faith on SAFM. You're listening to Facts of Faith. My name is Nayelu Pondwana. We're in conversation about a story that came into the spotlight, into the news cycle in January. I'm not sure if you remember this uh, story about what happened in Beloftebos. I'm going to read a headline to you, that uh, the first headline that I saw, Beloftebos wedding venue taken to court for refusing same-sex couple. This story was penned down by Norman Clute uh, on the 25th of January. Very interesting read there. If you're one of those people who likes Cape Town and its venues, you're probably one of those people who will find this story rather interesting. Let's bring in Reverend Lori Gorm from the NPO Gender Works. Reverend, your take on this matter. Yes, me. Um, so rather simple. And, uh, to explain it like that, this, that you cannot provide a service, in this case weddings, a wedding service to the public and then withhold it for discriminatory reasons from some. A prime similar example would be um, me as a white person wanting to withhold a service I provide from black people. It will simply be considered racist and therefore unlawful. So that is the bottom line, the prohibitions of our 
um, of our constitution says that they are on a number of levels that discrimination is not tolerated, which includes then race, of course, gender and sexual orientation, amongst other things, and that one cannot um, decide, therefore, that you you provide the service, but you decide to withhold it for, from some uh, for discriminatory reasons. That's obviously problematic. And I think bringing in the whole thing of um, religious freedom here is also, of course, problematic because it is sometimes used as an excuse to say that, you know, as if religious freedom, the right to religious freedom, trumps other rights in our Constitution, which it obviously doesn't do. Um, like maybe in other countries, it may be different because their constitutions um, may be different. But this is not the United States of America. It, our constitution is based on a specific history, on a specific context. And it comes from the context where religion was used to, to exclude and to discriminate on the base of race, amongst other things. Um, and therefore, there was a definite uh, feeling uh, with those uh, drawing up our constitution that uh, exclusion and exclusionary um, things can't be allowed, that the rights uh, to freedom, equality, and human dignity are the, the real important things that we want to adhere to as, as a new state. I'm not quite sure, Reverend, I understand what you mean, because what you just said right now is absolutely false. Our Constitution does allow a limitation of all these civil liberties in Chapter 2 of our Constitution. How do you come and say it does not permit any kind of discrimination, and yet Section 36 does permit the limitation of all civil liberties? Yes, but then that discrimination must, of course, be lawful discrimination. And there's a number of um, ways that that can uh, be proved. So we can agree that a statement that suggests that discrimination is not lawful is uh, false. The Constitution does permit discrimination and it does qualify how you discriminate. So we can discard that statement and say it was a misspeak, a Freudian slip, of course. No, I wouldn't say that because I emphasize actually the preamble of the uh, the Constitution speaking about human dignity, equality and freedom, which then everything needs to to adhere to. And therefore, there needs to be a weighing up of different rights uh, to each other, but everything needs to, to be to adhere to those uh, principles, uh, which uh, which if you want to let's read them out. Let's read them out, Reverend Gorm, so that everybody yes. can be on the same page with us yeah. as we're engaging this conversation. I'm reading from the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa. This is Section 36. The title there is Limitation of Rights, and there's one and two. I'm going to begin with one. The rights in the Bill of Rights may be limited only in terms of law of general application to the extent that the limitation is reasonable and justifiable in an open and democratic society based on human dignity, equality, and freedom, taking into account all relevant factors, including A, 
the nature of the right. B, the importance of the purpose of the limitation. C, the nature and extent of the limitation. D, the relation between the limitation and its purpose. And E, less restrictive means to achieve the purpose. Two, except as provided in subsection one or in any other provision of the Constitution, no law may limit any right entrenched in the Bill of Rights. Again, Reverend, it is not true to suggest that the Constitution does not permit a limitation or a discrimination because this section openly and notoriously limits and discriminates for these reasons aforementioned. Yes, and as I said, then the discrimination needs to be proved by that one that is discriminating, that it is lawful. Yeah. And then, then it can still not be in... Uh, uh, the Bill of Rights can't be, um, it can't be in, um, uh, what is the word, uh, it can't be in conflict with, with the Bill of Rights. So then there needs to be a weighing up of, of rights. Uh, the right of freedom of, of religion, of course, is a right um, enshrined and which also can be weighed up. But I also sit with the Constitution here before me. Um, now, yes, so I agree with you that there are um, grounds of lawful discrimination, but that needs to be proved in a, a, a court of law yeah. by the one that is doing the discrimination. And I think that was why, um, you know, this court, this case was on its way to court, or it was in court already, and um, seemingly um, it was retracted because um, I think uh, the people in this case realize that they cannot win this case. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Got it. Thank you very much. Appreciate your contribution. Just hold the thought there, Reverend. I'm going to bring in Pastor Moafrika Mahila. Pastor, your take. You're listening and I'd love to hear your advocate's take on this matter. Go ahead. Um, In my perspective, I think that uh, the owners of uh, the private uh, company that refused the gays or the same-sex marriage in their property, they have a right to do so. Why am I saying they've got a right to do so? Because this is a private-owned property. When it's a private-owned property, it is under their discretion to use it. And when it's under their discretion, their rights must be respected. One of the most important rights that have to be respected is the freedom of association, which is in the Bill of Rights. Uh, freedom of association in Section 18 of uh, our Constitution. It says very clear, everyone has the right to freedom of association. If I do not want to associate my property to same-sex marriages, I have a right to do so. And that also falls within what every speaker has contributed in line with. To say everyone has a freedom of religion, everyone has a freedom of choice, so on and so forth. Now, when these private property owners are forced to accommodate same-sex marriages, that right of ownership of property is being endangered, is being uh, violated against. Let's understand a basic rule when it comes to the human rights, which the Constitutional Court has set under one of the well-known codes or the well-known cases uh, that was decided by Arthur Charles Carlson, who was the Chief Justice then. 
he said something very profound, that in the promotion of the rights of another, there must never be the violation of the rights of others. Now, in this state, if we say the same sex marriage, is a, it should be happening in the private property, of those who have professed that it does not augur well or gel with their freedom of conscience and religion, and uh, they also have got a freedom of association that must be upheld. We are sitting on a place now when we force them to say nobody has the right to have a freedom of association, nobody has a right to have a freedom of religion, nobody has a right to have a freedom of choice. So now, these rights, they matter to those individuals because this is their property that they are owning. If there is no willingness to do a business with you because of you are not upholding the same moral standards as me or not upholding the same conscience of religion as me, then it is safe for you to go to the next property or to the next venue. Why go to court and force these people to open the private property for them, for you? Because this is their private property. They don't want it to be associated with the same uh, with, with, with the same sex marriages, and they want it to be associated with the Christian ethos and norms, which it is clearly stated in the Bible, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, that marriage is between a male and a female, a man and a woman. Now, we need to understand something here. When we force that they must open the doors, whether they like it or not, these ones have got the right to be whatever they want to become sexually, of any sexual orientation. Now, what about the freedom of choice of these people? And also, what about their property ownership rights? Because the right of admission remains reserved in all private properties. When you are not allowed in, there is nothing you can do. It's privately owned. It's not a government uh, a property that is, that is, that, that is under public management act or under some uh, government building act. It is a private property that is owned by individuals who have their own set of rights that must be respected as individual rights. So now, we are running a risk here of seeing a county whereby rights of some individuals, they are being oppressed in order to promote rights of other individuals. And that is not a case where we want to create the limitation clause of the right that you just read uh, in, section, in section 36, I think their refusal of the same-sex marriage in their property becomes more justifiable when they say it is not within our freedom of conscience to associate with you if you are this or that, especially with our property. That is not necessarily saying they don't want them in their property, but they don't want their property to be used as solemnizing the gays and lesbian marriages. Why? The same-sex marriages. Why? Because of their freedom of religion. Okay. Therefore, let that be respected. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm worried there, as, as just as, as a citizen uh, advocate and, and pastor, I'm worried that we're going to find ourselves afraid to enter into these venues because we don't know when the prejudice will rear its ugly head against us and they're going to... Offer us this reason, right of admission reserved. Surely, if you're going to be a discriminating venue, you should put it out there openly and clearly to say, we are a discriminating venue. We don't allow this kind of community. Don't parade yourself as an open and open for all venue. And yet you're not.
If you're not an open for all venue, how about you state that openly so that we know exactly what you're about? You see, the open for all venue falls within the right of admission is reserved, meaning that if you are not behaving within the principle, I got that of part. I'm asking why? Why is it not perhaps necessary for you to tell us? We will not admit you if you don't wear a mask. We know this has been put out there. That discrimination has been put out there. No mask, no entry. How about you say, if you're not a Christian, we don't let you in? It, 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 is, it is unnecessary because even if you're not a Christian, you're allowed in. They welcome everybody into their province, into their premises. But that's not They're true, sir. Kids. They don't welcome everybody. They welcome only those that agree with their views. If you don't agree with their views and you don't subscribe to what subscribes to their consciences, they don't want you there. Remember that this one here is an exceptional to the general rule. That's why we're in saying sense, state that exception, sir. I have no problem with that. What I'm saying is is it not necessary in your view that when you have a prejudice, especially when you are parading as an open for all venue, how about you tell us that actually, guys, I am not open to all. I'm a South African that is prejudiced against other South Africans purely because they don't share my views, purely they don't because they don't share my religion. And I am entitled to that according to the Constitution. And if you disagree with me, let's test it in court. Now, you are leading a business to carry some contrabonus, uh, morass practices, which simply says we are promoting our prejudices than promoting our citizens. Let's put it here and say this. The right of admission is reserved. Simply speak to the effect of saying you've got to ask if you want to enter to say what is it that is not permitted in this building. Approximately, there might be some of the things such as the prejudices or discriminations that you are speaking about. But saying they must be stated there, it's unnecessarily for business. Because if it's unnecessary for business, it means that when you want to do a business with them, such prejudices, you will know them. Why communicate them if they are not at apparent at that specific moment? So let us not necessarily push to say there has to be the promotion of prejudices. Let's say when prejudices are apparent, they have to be expressed. And when they are expressed, they must be respected. Why must they, they be respected, especially when they fall within the ambit or the jurisdiction of the Bill of Rights of such an individual? I want to open the lines for anybody who would like to join the conversation. We're having a conversation about what happened in January, or at least the story broke out in January. And I want to hear what you have to say in the matter. The lines are open. If you'd like to join the conversation, the conversation is here for you. Please send your WhatsApp voice notes and text messages to our WhatsApp line 0614 and also we're available on Twitter and on uh, Facebook at SFM Radio, at SFM Radio. And the hashtag, if you're on Twitter, is hashtag SFM Facts of Faith. Those of you who prefer to call in and engage, please, would love that. Call in 011-714-2006. Again, 011-714-2006. Pastor Swain, you're listening to this conversation, and I'd love to understand if we are on the same path here. First and foremost, can you confirm, has this matter been uh, retracted or, well, taken out of, of, of the role? No, it has not. It's still on the roll. But I think what you've mentioned, I mean, you've mentioned some very excellent points. And, and the one point that you mentioned was, of course, that no rights are unlimited. And 
when you have rights that come into conflict with one another, the rights, the purpose is to try and find a way of limiting one right or the other, and that's what the courts will decide, in the way that is least uh, erosive, if you like. In other words, which leaves the maximum benefit of all rights left intact. It is not a winner-takes-all situation. It never should be, and it never must be. And the Constitutional Court has made it very clear that there is in our Constitution no hierarchy of rights. In other words, there is not one right that automatically trumps another right. Correct. And so in this particular case, what we're looking at are these two rights in conflict. One is the right to sexual orientation. You could live how you want to live, love who you want to love, marry who you want to marry. That has never been the issue with the owners of Beloftabas. They have respected that. They have acknowledged that. All they're saying is that their rights, which, by the way, also are integral religious freedom rights to your human dignity, they should not be violated in the process. And what they did, uh, interestingly enough, and you also made the point, there was on their website a statement to the effect, look, please respect our rights as well. We respect yours. Please respect ours. This is a case which is now unfortunately taken on a punitive element. When you're asking for two million rand from a privately held uh, farm, for basically from private individuals, to be paid to your cause because you want to make that point, that is not looking to, as the Constitution requires us to do, celebrate our diversity or to celebrate our, our, the unity we have in our diversity. It's a winner-takes-all situation. And we believe that the South African Human Rights Commission particularly should not be involved in that type of conflict because it is not really also, by the way, in the purview of the courts to put people between the very, very uh, difficult and, and, and terrible conundrum of do I obey my conscience or do I obey the law? Because at the end of the day, people's consciences tend to win out, at least if they're sincerely held, they probably should win out. And yeah. that is why we try to find a way of balancing the rights. And as, as, as has been stated by, by, by the advocate, there, there were plenty of other wedding venues literally in the same area uh, that welcomed them and immediately, by the way, welcomed them. The yeah. couple have now been married. Uh, they are now successfully married. Yeah. Okay. Why would they be pursuing uh, such an action uh, other than to try and establish this winner-takes-all principle, which is contrary to our Constitution. Okay, stand by. I want to take a break and come back. I'll see if I can take some calls, some voice notes, read some texts and all that. Your lines are open. 0891-104-203-0614-104-207. you are listening to Facts FM. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. All right, the lines are open. 011-714-2006. 011-714-2006. Go to the voice notes. Go ahead. Good evening all. My name is Bazwoman Hennett. And I just want to comment on the subject you are talking about. I believe churches and mosques and synagogues should be allowed to marry the LGBTQI community, even farms or anywhere else that says that they are marrying people. If they are saying, no, you're gay or you're lesbian, we're not marrying you, then they should be closed down. Even the churches, synagogues, mosques, if they say, no, we're not marrying the same-sex couple, 
then they should be closed down. End of story. Thank you very much. Enjoy your night. Unfortunately, that story ends ever so prematurely. You should tell us the reason why. Surely you have a reason why you're being so harsh. They should be closed down? How about clown people to have their views? Regardless of how abominable those views may be to you. But close them down? Do tell us the reason why, sir. Set a voice out. Tell us why. I want to I give this opportunity to, to, to Reverend Gorm. Reverend Gorm, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I am understanding what you mean because according to Pastor Swain, the matter has not been struck up, the road has not been withdrawn, it still is standing. Where did you get it from that it's, it's no longer? Well, as far as I have it, uh, the, what I've read is that the couple has withdrawn this idea or the, the case and that they are wanting not to have um, weddings at all anymore at um, the, the venue with a number of other um, uh, things that they're requesting in the process. But whatever may be the case, I just think, you know, there's also an, um, a call that needs to be made to people of faith over the spectrum to reflect um, anew how they teachings and practices and um, interpretations of these sacred scriptures inform homophobia, hate crimes even, that we're experiencing in this country that is rife um, in the Western Cape, especially where I stay. And, you know, so maybe it is an invitation for us to have a relook at the way our scriptures the way that we interpret our scriptures, and that's very important. Sorry, sorry, Reverend. You can continue. We're going to try and correct that. Go ahead, Reverend. The way that we interpret, you know, continue to exclude people, and the hurt that that causes, and which translates even in, as I say, hate crimes. And that's what happens when you preach exclusion from your pulpit. And when you use um, institutions like marriage, when you continue to use it as an exclusionary structure. Okay. So, yeah, to rethink that and actually to come into the conversation and to get to know the personal stories of LGBTQI. Let's, 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 let's just en- engage on, the, on, on the, 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 mm. the, what is being said by the owners of Beloftebos there. Mm-hmm. Does the LGBTI community really want to be celebrated by people who don't really celebrate them? Honestly now, can you really yeah. say to somebody who disagrees with you, I want you to celebrate me? Is that reasonable, mm. honestly now? That's a good point. I would not prefer to have a wedding at that venue if, if that is the case. Then why argue the but, whole matter? Yes, because that is another point, hey, because our constitutional rights is, of course, something different now from what I try to explore here. On a personal um, level, I wa- want to ask people of faith, because I do realize that Koya and um, Andres de Valiers are, I uh, acknowledge and respect their faith. 
and they also their position that it is different from mine. That's fine. Then why but, slap them with a yeah. two million rand lawsuit? If you respect yeah. their rights, why slap them with a two million rand lawsuit? Yeah, well, that's not my decision, but this couple's decision. I'm, I'm just asking for the reason, yeah. the, the reasoning. I'm not alleging it's your decision. I understand, Reverend. You're giving yeah. us opinions. I'm just asking you yeah. to help us reason this matter out. Is it ever reasonable for anyone who claims to be reasonable to use two million rand to whip people who are standing up for their own civil liberties? Mm. Well, in this case, as I said, they provide an open service to the community, to, to people. Um, and now they are withholding that service. Is that open service at, to the discrimination of their own civil liberties, Reverend Gorm? <laughs> um, it is an open service to all. I got that part, and I agree with they, you. Open service yes. should mean that. But what I'm asking yes. is, is it reasonable yes. to expect somebody to serve you to their own mm. detriment? As I said, I would not take um, that decision to to have my wedding um, at a place that doesn't uh, reach out towards me and in, and are not able to accept myself uh, fully. But um, once again, so I would have um, handled it differently, and I think there's still an opportunity for, opportunity for perhaps a facilitated conversation where everyone could sit around the table and not be opinionated about this because um, there's problems that we come from different sides and we try to debate this as if it's not also about people and okay. who they are and what their aspirations are from both sides. Okay. So right. that's the middle ground where I, <laughs> okay. I suggest. I hear you. I hear you, Reverend Gore. <laughs> I want to take a few calls, of maybe 30 seconds each. Let's go to Colin first. Colin's in Cape Town. Go ahead, Colin. Colin, go ahead. Almost over two months. But anyway, Naya, um, your show should not be called Acts of Faith. It should be called Dispute the Acts of Faith. <laughs> it's and a fact. dispute every, anything that you talk about. Let's dispute it. It's called uh, facts, no, facts, fact, not acts, facts of faith. So we're actually dealing with the facts, facts yes. But, uh, and so uh, inherent to establishing you, fast is dispute. Yeah. You, you dispute, your, your learned friends dispute, and nobody agrees. Okay, Naya, uh, Naya, uh, I've got a private property. Yeah. Okay, it belongs to me. I pay my taxes to the government. The government doesn't contribute nothing towards that. Now, have I the constitutional right also to to um, do what I like according to law and have functions and so and so and so? Now, according to the constitution, are people of, uh, let's say, same-sex marriages know the rules of this place, but they want to go into newspapers and they want to do this and they want to approach that and, and, and uh, actually light it up in the news that they were refused or a minister or something like that. Now, as I say, um, I, I'm actually now... Um, Colin, Colin, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. I need you to ask yeah, a question. What a, the question is, have I not as a constitutional person got the right as a private... I've got to go. I've got to go. Thank you. 
All right, I'm going to move swiftly to the next person. I'm going to ask you once again, please be as brief as you can. 30 seconds, please, or a minute at the most. Let's go to East London. Amanda. Good evening, Amanda. Hi, good evening to you and everybody else that's listening. Um, I feel for both parties. I think this is such a difficult situation. Yeah. I think the couple that has their venue should have the right to say who they would like there. The gay couple should also have a right where they want to share their beautiful day together. I think also the decision here would be, do I, let's say I was a gay person, do I want to celebrate my beautiful day with my beautiful partner at a place that doesn't want to um, celebrate it with us? You know what I mean? Um, So we've just got to be careful by starting to force things upon each other. Um, I think there are so many beautiful venues around South Africa that it can accommodate everybody. Um, I think if we're going to start forcing people to do things against their, especially religion, which religion is such a sensitive subject, we've got to just be so sensitive about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm probably like a bit of a, a drug sitter, if you can call it like that. <laughs> I would like everybody to win. But I think when it comes to religion... Amanda, are you still there? I think we've lost Amanda there. I think got the gist of what she was saying. Let's go to the voice notes. Go ahead. Hey, Nai. Mm. Hey, your program is very educational today, as always. You, I'm more confused, and I'm also <laughs> learning. That discrimination, the right to enter and the right to privacy, does it also apply to the very same people because it's a private uh, place? They can also discriminate based on race. They can say you don't allow black people in because according to what the lawyer is saying, the people are saying there is that they are protected by the constitution. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's something that can be tested in court. I want to read a text message on WhatsApp, but they are welcome to attend any events as guests, aren't they? Question mark. They are not excluded from the venue as a guest. They are precluded from holding non-conventional marriages, ellipses, a ritual which is not acceptable to con conservative Christianity. Okay. All right. One would not have a baptism ceremony in a synagogue, for example. Understandably, exclamation point. Pretty simple, really, exclamation point. And then, uh, what is it? What is it? Emoticon or an emoji? Which has someone thinking. Okay, I'm going to give my guest an opportunity to respond to all of this. My time is running out. I'm going to begin with advocate Muafriga Maila. Pastor, go ahead. Um, look, uh, we, we really need to understand that uh, private ownership of property comes with all responsibilities and rights. As one of the callers spoke about paying the taxes and everything, and another caller is talking about the issue of race. Now, let's compare the two. It is not the same. You cannot tell me that there is a religion or there is any way you can tell me that it's justifiable, justifiable to say black people or Indians or colors or whites are not allowed. Now, this issue involves religion. There's a freedom of conscience. Let us understand a most important issue. The most important issue is that our constitutional rights, they've got to be respected. And when they are respected, even the constitutional rights of others will be respected, overriding the rights of the property owners because you just want to have your wedding in it, and you feel it's your right too, then what about their property? You chose it because they own it. They are the ones who made it to be what it is. Allow them also to have a space of time whereby they can be able to exercise their rights there. 
like some of the callers are speaking, saying, if you are receiving the gays and the same-sex marriages, what are you might be closed down? How will you be closed down? What about your rights? Because everybody has the rights, and we must all exist or coexist for that matter. So we are speaking here with a challenge of understanding that all rights matter, including the rights of those who own the property in this issue that we are discussing. That's the bottom line of everything. Thank all rights matter, including the rights of those who own the property in this matter. It must be respected. You cannot compete with racism. You cannot compete with sexism. Just see it in the blatant got light it, got of it, what got it. Thank you very much, Pastor. Another text message in WhatsApp. The owner has the right to say no, no, no. How is his right being, now his rights is being violated? Means those people, same gender, they have right more than him. Know them. The government must have venue for such. Got a point. Thank you very much. I hear you, sir. Let's go to uh, Reverend Gorm. Go ahead, Reverend Gorm, your your closing Mm. remarks. Yeah, so also with Christianity in response to some of there's a difference of opinion about uh, this issue. Uh, it is well known, it's debated all over all the time. There's a growing amount of people that really believe there shouldn't be discrimination also within marriage. And uh, we do that as people of faith. That is our argumentation, as people of faith, that we subscribe to an inclusive um, concept of marriage. And of course, that's dependent upon how we interpret scripture. So there are different ways of interpreting scripture. This is an opportunity to take a look again at our interpretation of scripture. And we are not uh, perhaps invited to have a more uh, inclusionary reading of our text. Got it. Thank you very much, Reverend Gom. All right, let's give Pastor Swain the last word. Pastor Swain, your closing remarks. Go ahead. Well, I think what you said was absolutely correct. When you come to situations where people's deeply held beliefs uh, are conflicting with other rights, then the best way is to basically sit down. And I think it's important to say that the couple never, uh, who own the farm, never said anything other than the most, I think, kind things to this couple. They said, unfortunately, we will not be able to host your wedding venue uh, based upon our personal beliefs. Uh, and we try to explain this in a media statement on our website. May both of you have a very blessed 2020. That doesn't sound like a bigot to me. Okay. And I think that what the uh, venue has now done is they have gone to the Human Rights Commission in an attempt to amicably resolve this matter. And they've had a face-to-face meeting, by the way, with the Human Rights Commission as well to understand one another's position. So we believe that the best way is to find an amicable way of let's live and let live. Uh, This is not an easy situation, and it certainly should not be a winner-take-all, and it certainly should not involve elements of literal punishment. Two million rand fine, that's a punishment by any measure. So we believe that, yes, we must live in a country that is united in our diversity, and we must try to find one another, or at least understand one another's position, particularly when, as I have already said, the option for them to get married was never in question by the venue owners, and they have subsequently got married. And God bless them. May they you know, live, live happily ever after. But do not punish people simply by upholding their sincerely held faith and saying that they cannot celebrate with you. All right. Thank you very much, Pastor Swain. There's a text message that I am not going to read here. It begins by saying, I honestly don't believe. And then it goes on with a lot of bile that I'm not going to permit on this platform. Please remember, as much as we'd like to be robust on this platform, 
base your statements on fact or if it's not going to be on fact please 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 clearly mark it as your prejudice and if we do not want to read it we are not going to read those prejudice statements on this program really really take offense for you to even think that we're going to read that kind of text message in this program all right we're going to conclude our program on that note to all my guests uh pastor swain thank you reverend gom thank you and advocate myla thank you from me nayalu pondona and the team have a wonderful evening and godspeed the news with mudubi